You're listening to Sunday on the Commons, a podcast featuring sermons from the United Congregational Church in Little Compton, Rhode Island. During this season of Lent, we've been exploring habits of joy. This week, we are examining the relationship between listening to God and the joy of purpose and fulfillment. Many of our kids and youth helped lead the service, sharing some of the things they have been learning in Sunday school the last several weeks. Together with them, we will explore the story of Jesus' visit to Mary and Martha on his way to Jerusalem. This week's sermon is a guest preacher, yours truly, Alex Floyd Marshall, our Director of Children and Youth Ministries. But let's start with our kids dramatizing the story, using a script they wrote, setting it in today's world. One day, Jesus entered a small town outside Phoenix, Arizona. There he was welcomed into the apartment of Mary and Martha, two roommates who had been his students when they were in college. Martha wanted to be a good host as she felt distracted, stressed, and tired by feeding the dog, cooking dinner, doing the dishes, setting the table, doing the laundry, tidying up, taking out the trash, sweeping, and vacuuming. Meanwhile, Jesus was using his mobile smart board to show everyone the new app he'd made. It was an app that got people to go meet with other people in person and talk to them without their phones. At least for a little while. While he was showing this to them, Mary was listening. Downloading his new app on her phone. And eating the snacks Martha had put out. Especially the guacamole. Mm. (laughs) Martha wasn't happy to see Mary sitting there. So she went to Jesus and said strongly, but with good manners, Can you help me out here, Jesus? I've been doing everything. Tell Mary to get over here and help me, please. But Jesus responded, Martha, Martha, you need to go with the flow. It's really okay to stop and slow down a bit. Why don't you sit sit down and relax for a while? Okay. second reading this morning is from Luke chapter 10. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Here ends the reading. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. 
So the story of Mary and Martha is actually a really tough story to teach to kids because the obvious point of the story, or at least what appeared to be the obvious point of the story when I first heard it, probably around the age of seven, is Jesus says, I don't have to set the table or clean up or do the dishes or any of the other things that the kids mentioned in their awesome dramatization a few minutes ago. So how do you teach this story and also not end up with every parent in the church pounding on my door telling me that I've totally upended their household? For that, you're going to have to listen all the way to the end. Um, A few years ago, Rebecca and I took a whirlwind trip. We first flew to Paris, where we visited as many museums and ate as many baguettes in three days as we could. Then we jumped on the Eurostar, which is a train that goes through this tunnel under the ocean called the Channel to London, where we stayed with some friends who were living there at the time, walked the full length of the city, and ate as, many, as much amazing Indian food as we could in three days. And then we jumped on another train to Glasgow. From there, switched to another train that took us to this tiny little port town on the coast of, of Scotland called Oban. And from there, got on a ferry to an island called Mull, spent one night there, took a bus to the other end of the island, got on another ferry, and then finally found ourselves in Iona, this magical, tiny little island where an ancient monastery sits, and where we spent a full week uh, sleeping in tiny monks' rooms, drinking tea, eating biscuits, working on puzzles, taking pictures of puffins, and casually strolling along the ocean. Now, here's the thing. I love the city of London. My grandparents grew up there. Uh, I still have a number of family members in and around the city. I think the architecture is amazing. I love the museum. St. Paul's Cathedral is spectacular. You can find tea and an amazing full English breakfast on every corner. It's genuinely one of my favorite spots to visit. And before this trip, I had never been to Paris. So I was super excited to see the museums, walk along the Champs de l'Essay, walk under the Eiffel Tower, because there was no way we were going to stand in that ridiculously long line all day to go up it, and eat some chocolate croissants in their natural habitat. (laughs) But in both of these cities, we crammed so much into such a short period of time that it felt like a race. And not the casual, spontaneous kind of race, like when you're walking with a friend and you say, hey, I bet I can beat you to that stop sign. Ready, set, go. Nor was it the kind of race that's been happening in our house every night lately, where Simon races himself back and forth across the living room. He can't quite say, ready, set, go yet. So instead, what he says is, tick, tack, toe, and then takes off at full speed, laughing hysterically the whole way. No, this felt more like the high stakes, this is for real, if I don't win, I get eliminated kind of race, where you're simultaneously having fun, and at the same time, super stressed. Do you know that feeling? That's where I think Martha is in this story. It's not that she isn't excited to see Jesus. We know from the Gospel of John that Jesus is a close family friend. In fact, one of the most emotional stories in the Bible about Jesus is when Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus, who we don't hear about during this particular visit, dies and Jesus weeps in sadness over the loss. So I'm sure that when Jesus and his disciples showed up in town, Martha was thrilled that they were visiting. But just as she was excited, she was also stressed. And partly it's an understandable kind of stress. She wanted to be a good host. 
She's thinking, there's Jesus plus 12 disciples. I can get 13 five-star host reviews on Airbnb for the price of one right now. So she's trying her hardest to make sure her guests have everything they need and have absolutely zero reason to complain about their stay. But in the midst of her trying to be the top-rated host in Bethany, she misses out on what's happening. One of her closest friends is sitting in her living room, and she's barely said a word to him. Have you ever been in a situation like that? A situation where you are so caught up in the motions of making sure things are going right that you can't enjoy what's going on. And when you walk out of that sort of situation, do you feel proud of everything you pulled off? Or do you feel this tinge of sadness that what was supposed to be a really great time was actually kind of really stressful and not that fun? So that's a little bit how I felt on that train from London to Glasgow. We just spent a week racing across two of the most amazing cities in the world. And yes, we saw a lot of cool things and had a lot of really amazing food and even got to spend some time with a few great friends. But we were also tired, stressed, and felt a little spread thin, like we hadn't really gotten to enjoy the experience because the logistics took up so much energy. Now contrast that to our time on Iona. There is literally nothing to do on that island except drink tea and look at some hilarious shaggy cows and some adorable clumsy puffins. It was a week in which we could not have overscheduled ourselves even if we wanted to. It just simply wasn't possible. We were staying in the Iona Abbey, and so we followed their rhythm of life, which includes two worship services every day, one in the morning and one in the evening, and about a half a dozen scheduled tea and biscuit breaks. Like literally every time we turned around, someone rang a bell and said in an amazing Scottish accent that I can't even come close to approximating, there's tea and biscuits in the refectory. And then if somehow you didn't get enough from that, there was a perpetual supply of tea and biscuits in the common room available 24-7. So basically, I was in heaven. And the island is beautiful. The abbey is lovely. The pace of life is relaxing. But the thing about it was that it wasn't just a change of pace. It was an intentional change of pace. It was one that was designed to make us reflect inwardly, to slow down and to listen to what God was saying. And that's what Mary is, is doing in this story. She is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening while he speaks and teaches to everyone there. She's literally learning from God. And it's not that the stuff of life doesn't have to get done. We all have things we have to do. Meals to make, bills to pay, chores, homework. Even on idyllic little Iona, part of the daily rhythm of life was helping with the dishes after meals and doing some other basic chores in the mornings. And I'm sure that Mary often helped Martha with these things. She didn't just sit around not helping every single day. The point of the story isn't that we should just let all of that stuff go and not do any of it. The point is, I think, that we have to be intentional about our time. Intentional so that we are making sure that we slow down and reflect that we don't let all the details of life crowd out the real substance of life, the things that make life worth living. Spending time with our family and friends, enjoying one another's company, those things give meaning and fulfillment to life. Letting that meaning and fulfillment get crowded out by our anxiety about getting everything done is what Jesus is warning Martha about. This past Wednesday during our Lenten study, we had a couple of workshops on decluttering our lives. 
both from the technological clutter of social media and addiction to our smartphones, and from the physical clutter of all of our material stuff. And the point of these workshops was not to say that clothes or books or phones are bad in and of themselves. We aren't advocating that you give everything up, dress in a loincloth, and live in a cave somewhere. The point is that we should be intentional about these things. That we should intentionally set our relationship with our phones so that we are using them on our terms instead of being sucked into them on the terms of the apps that fill up our home screens. And that we should be intentional about our relationship with all of our material stuff so that we are finding joy in the things we possess rather than being stressed by the clutter in our lives. And really, the underlying point of that intentionality is this. It allows us to build space in our lives so that we can slow down, listen for God, and reflect on what really matters. We can, to use a fancy theological term, discern what gives us meaning, purpose, fulfillment. And out of that meaning and purpose and fulfillment, we can find joy. Practicing joy has been our theme for the season of Lent. And we say practicing, I think, in a similar way to why lawyers and doctors say practicing. Because even though the law is very meticulous and medicine is rooted in science, they are, they are both still art forms. Every case or patient is slightly different. And a good lawyer and a good doctor has to come at it a little bit differently every time, depending on what those different circumstances are. Practicing faith in our own lives is like that too. Every one of our lives is unique, and we have to figure out how the teachings of our faith fit into our particular circumstances. And so this Lent, we've been examining different ways to practice joy, to explore different ways that we might inspire joy in our individual lives, which undoubtedly will be different for each of us. And so we have to practice this. We have to draw on the resources we have and find the right combination that works for us. And that, in a nutshell, is a great explanation of what I think discernment is all about. Listening to the wisdom of our faith, our families, our friends, our experiences, examining how that wisdom fits together in the unique situation of our life. And from that, beginning to piece together what God is calling us to do. And sometimes we discover when we are listening like this, what we discover when we are listening like this will surprise us. In our first reading this morning, it seems pretty clear that Samuel, who was probably about 11 years old at the time of this story, was not expecting to hear God's voice in the middle of the night. But whether we are surprised or not by what God has to say to us, I believe that as we practice discernment, as we discover what God is calling us to, as we find the things that give meaning and purpose and fulfillment to our lives, we will also find that by pursuing those things, we find a deep sense of joy. So the way that we teach the story of Mary and Martha to our kids, and really to all of us, is this. Jesus is telling Martha to slow down, to pause, to take a moment, to pray, to listen, and through all of that to discover and then to enjoy the most important moments in life, because those are the things that make life worth living. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website, www.ucclittlecompton.org. And if you'd like to show some appreciation for what you've heard today, we invite you to please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our ministry by clicking on the donate link in the show notes. 
The tradition in our church is to end every service with this simple prayer. God be with you till we meet again. By God's counsels, God uphold you. With his sheep securely fold you, God be with you till we meet again. Go in peace.